so going back now to the drivers, uh, how did we categorize the drivers? Uh, obviously, food insecurity in most of the settings uh, has been driven by several factors. It actually moved by itself. Um, God, no. Uh, so uh, when we talk about conflict, we also have included uh, some social unrest, political crises, localized violence, uh, and uh, that make up the 21 countries or context where uh, we talk about uh, uh, conflict uh, being the primary driver and the, for the 74 million uh, people. Uh, we looked at the climate-affected uh, countries and context as well. Uh, so there you will see uh, mostly uh, the extreme uh, weather event, uh, make it floods, drought. Uh, would you see also some other type of natural disaster? That's where we would categorize it. Uh, and we saw that from uh, previous uh, years and analysis, we saw more frequent uh, weather-related uh, events uh, in more countries as well. Uh, and even more if you look at secondary or tertiary drivers. Uh, so this made up anyway for at least uh, 21 million people uh, in those 26 countries where we were really considering it as the major driver of that food insecurity and situation. And we also saw, although the economic situation was usually uh, less often the first driver, we anyway saw a slight increase in countries where now it became predominant and uh, we see it even more and more, and it's very often uh, a second uh, or tertiary driver as well. Uh, whether in certain contexts uh, we talk about hyperinflation or in other, uh, other countries, it's more about the economic marginalization of certain segments of the population. Uh, so in the conflict, uh, we looked at uh, the 10 ones uh, having the largest numbers, Oops. and uh, so you recognize uh, most of the countries that uh, Luca already uh, mentioned. Uh, this is really in uh, absolute numbers. Uh, would you look at uh, the percentage uh, within the population and you would see a different ranking? Uh, Central African Republic, for instance, would move up into uh, the top uh, countries as well. Uh, so uh, the report gives you also those uh, kind of information uh, because that definitely make a difference. And especially in the countries or context where uh, the majority of the people uh, in food insecurity are uh, displaced or refugees, for instance. So uh, climate shock uh, within the countries that we had analyzed and, uh, and reviewed, uh, the, the countries where you have the largest number driven by those events uh, were overwhelmingly observed in Africa. Uh, doesn't mean that other countries are not uh, facing uh, those issues. Uh, and as I said, as you always have a combination, uh, you, you see 
uh, in almost every country that they have faced uh, those uh, episodes uh, related to the weather. Um, and uh, that has been a very clear increase over the, the three uh, past uh, editions that we, uh, that we published. Uh, for the countries where we really considered uh, the economy uh, being uh, the, the first driver, uh, so you, you have countries like Sudan or Zimbabwe or Burundi, uh, but also uh, the displaced or migrants uh, from Venezuela. Uh, when we analyzed uh, the food insecurity of uh, displaced population, uh, we looked at what was the origin of their displacement. Uh, as uh, usually uh, agencies working on refugees or displaced uh, do it so that we can uh, uh, see what is the primary cause of, uh, of their situation. Uh, another point that is uh, actually highlighted in the report uh, is nutrition. So although the entry point for the report is really the food security side, uh, then uh, we worked with nutritionists to look at uh, what was the situation on that side. Uh, obviously, finding uh, a lot coming from uh, the quantities and quality of the food intakes, uh, but also seeing uh, the importance of uh, the limited access uh, to basic services, how uh, that limited access to health, to water, uh, is actually uh, creating even more and fragilizing uh, the well-being of uh, children and women. And uh, same uh, for um, the care practices. Uh, how much uh, in a population that are uh, displaced uh, or that face uh, some uh, distress and trauma uh, how the care practices uh, may be affected and then having uh, an influence on the nutrition of the, the young children. So no surprise for the forecast. We forecast very short term, a uh, few, uh, few months uh, ahead only. Uh, so obviously we're not expecting uh, major changes in conflict. Uh, the trend for the past 10, 20 years is not into resolving conflict. We see a large increase in the number of conflict and those protracted uh, crises. Uh, weather uh, related shocks and events uh, also expected. Uh, geographically, ECHO is back. Uh, on uh, Central America, dry corridor, the Southern Africa uh, situation as well. Uh, I guess uh, some of the other panelists will come back on those situations. Uh, same on the economic instability uh, that is still uh, a major uh, factor or aggravating factor uh, that can be expected uh, in, in various situations. Uh, and on the side of health, uh, of course, uh, there are some uh, continued uh, outbreaks uh, whether it's cholera, missiles, and uh, Ebola, uh, if you think uh, DRC. So uh, what we will uh, look at, uh, uh, that is uh, also demonstrated uh, by uh, the report, is how much that makes it important to reinforce safety nets, how investing in uh, conflict prevention and peace is critical. Uh, look, knowing that it has been the primary driver uh, for two-thirds of, uh, of the caseload. Uh, 
how we can no longer work uh, separately on humanitarian and development, uh, where we need to invest in resilience. Otherwise, we'll never come to a situation where we bring uh, the population back on their feet. And uh, how we can uh, leverage information, use technology to have a better access, more timely, uh, more frequently, so that we can really react uh, as early as possible uh, to uh, fight that uh, situation. Thank you.